Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Meeting in Long Beach this morning, California State University's Board of Trustees is expected to vote on whether to increase tuition at all 23 Cal State campuses. KQD's Farida Javala Romero reports. The proposed tuition hike is 6% starting next year for five years. That means full-time in-state undergraduates would pay $7,700 in annual tuition by 2028, up from $5,700 today. That's a lot, says Dominique Quantressler, president of the Cal State Student Association. The hardships of the system should not be upheld off the back of students. Students should not be responsible for supporting the system through hard times. A Cal State spokeswoman says the hikes are needed to help close an annual funding gap of $1.5 billion and cover the staff and faculty pay that the university is currently negotiating. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Cal State estimates the tuition increases would generate about $840 million in new funding over five years. California currently bans state-funded travel to 26 states because of their anti-LGBTQ laws, but state lawmakers have voted to repeal the travel bans after acknowledging they just haven't been successful. The California Report's Izzy Bloom has more. Lawmakers this week passed legislation ending the seven-year-long travel ban, replacing it instead with a state-funded outreach and advertising campaign. Assemblymember Rick Zaber described the campaign called the Bridge Project. The intent of the Bridge Project is to target audiences in states that have established discriminatory laws with compelling messaging regarding anti-discrimination, to open hearts and minds, and to help our LGBTQ folks in other states feel less isolated and alone. Zaber, who led the Equality California Gay Rights Organization before being elected to the Assembly, acknowledged the unintended consequences of the travel ban. For instance, it's restricted the work of academics and athletes at public universities. And then there's the impact on California's efforts to be a beacon of hope for reproductive freedom and help those in states obtain care. The bridge bill now heads to Governor Gavin Newsom, who has until October 14th to sign or veto the bill. For The California Report, I'm Izzy Bloom. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. When you think of a meadow, what comes to mind? Probably a peaceful expanse of grass and flowers straight out of a postcard. A perfect place to have a picnic or read a book. But meadows are also key to the health of forests. And in the Sierra Nevada, most meadows have been degraded or lost. KVPR's Carrie Klein tells us why some groups say that to restore these ecosystems, you have to think like a rodent. It would be an understatement to say that Kevin Swift loves the outdoors. Oh, man, that is a good-looking frog. Oh! Olympic-level diving skills. And so it's no surprise he's built his career around being outside, specifically in meadows. He restores them, like this one in the Sierra Nevada a few miles above Shaver Lake. In 2020, this was decimated by the Creek Fire. It's surrounded by barren hillsides and blackened, denuded pine trees. But here, gravel and desiccated tree bark give way to tall grasses, purple wildflowers, and buzzing pollinators, like a strip of black and white film that's been colorized. It's so darn cool, I can't stand it. Swift and his team restored this meadow by building itty-bitty dams along a stream. So you're basically pretending to be a beaver? Oh, not basically, a thousand percent. To make dams, he says, think dirt lasagna. So it's super simple, just a layer of branches, layer of mud, Stomp the mud into the branches, another layer of branches, and etc. A poor but evolving human version of what beavers have been doing for five million years. It's what indigenous people had been doing for centuries as well. Swift was contracted to restore this meadow by the U.S. Forest Service. Because meadows aren't just beautiful, they're important. For one thing, says Karen Pope, they can help mitigate climate change. Recovering meadows sequester carbon and they can sequester up to six times more than the surrounding forest. Pope is a research ecologist with the Forest Service, and she's standing ankle deep in a stream. Then she gets on her hands and knees to catch a tadpole. Oh, missed. Water is the beating heart of a meadow. And dams by beavers or their imitators help make mini wetlands. Those slow erosion, support wildlife, and serve as natural fire breaks. So we want groundwater to raise up, we want surface water to spread out, and we want the whole water to be backed up to create, we like to call them green glaciers. Pope was curious how many meadows are in the Sierra, so she and other ecologists taught computers how to find them from satellite images. The algorithm found thousands of them, covering three times more land than previously known. She shows me some on a map. So this is pre-fire, so you can see basically it's forest. 
but most are in bad shape, overgrown, obliterated by wildfire, or damaged from mining and other industry. Here's Sierra National Forest Supervisor Dean Gould. About 5% are actually functioning in a proper, sustainable way, productive way. So clearly we have a, a large task ahead of us. But Karen Pope is optimistic. She recently co-founded a group to promote this work called the Process-Based Restoration Network, and hundreds of people have gotten involved. She says this little pilot meadow off of Highway 168 shows what's possible and how restoring meadows could benefit the whole Sierra. I have to admit that this is the most exciting work I've ever done. It absolutely makes me feel like I'm not just doing research, but actually doing something to help. Oh, there goes that good-sized fish. Kevin Swift also loves this work, but seeing so much degraded land is tough. Tell everybody if there's another way you can make a living, do that, because this is hard on the soul. Then he pauses to watch another teeny frog. Until you see a meadow like this recover, then it's easy again. And the frog disappears into the stream. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. And that is this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, September 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now, with more than 850 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.